Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You have offended this podcast and you have offended the entire movie making community. Am I the meanest? Am I the prettiest? Am I the baddest mofo low down around this time? And welcome once again to You Have Offended This Podcast. As many of you know, we had a bit of an issue this week. I messed up the editing process and I ended up having to redo the whole thing, which is why it's late and coming out today. Because of the issue that we had, I was unable to restore the first probably 10 or so minutes of the podcast. So the intro and getting into the the general talk about the movie and things like that was unfortunately lost. We're going to drop right into the podcast where Chad and I are discussing who's in it, the actors, who played the roles, and then we jump right into the movie and off we go from there. So it's a bit of an odd podcast this week, not a normal one, but it flows normally from there. So I'm going to drop you in. Please, again, remember, if you can, to pass this podcast along, make sure you follow us on our social media. We have a Facebook page, You Have Offended This Podcast. We have an Instagram page, You Have Offended This Podcast. And we have YHOTP on Twitter. If you want to get updates on what episodes we're doing next, if you want to leave us suggestions on movies, please, if you can, rate us, review us on iTunes. That really helps us out. And I will right now drop you into... The current episode, The Last Dragon, of You Have Offended This Podcast, already in progress. Yeah, it stars Tymac and his first movie role, and it was Ernie Reyes Jr.'s first movie role. It was Glenn Eaton who plays Johnny. It was his first movie role. Yeah, and of course, like, I'm watching this, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, is that Chaz Palminteri as the limo driver? <laughs> Thug number that's, four. That's Chaz Palminteri in a baby of a role. And, and, and you know, else, William H. Macy. Yeah, William H. Macy is in this, and I did not recognize him in it, but uh, Ron Van Cleef, the Black Dragon. Yeah, he was in it, um, and so was Ernie Reyes Jr.'s dad, Ernie Reyes Sr. He's in it for a minute, because both Ernie Reyes Sr. and Ron Van Cleef and another guy named Torrance Mathis were the fight coordinators. Yeah, very cool. So yeah, it was was pretty, pretty great. All right, so again, as always, I have broken this into... I believe five different little sections here so we can go through it. Leading off this movie, we have Bruce Leroy reaches the final level of training with his master and he takes a medal, ostensibly from Bruce Lee, and then he has to go find some dumb guy to learn how to reach the final level and achieve the yeah, that's laughable <laughs> and achieve the glow. Another man named Shonuff knows that Leroy is the one stumbling block between him and being the master of martial arts in Harlem. He assaults Leroy's students and finally smashes up the green family pizza shop so starting off this movie you get this kind of cool training montage over the credits with the with the dope soundtrack of uh, time mac doing his martial arts yeah it's done well i mean the lighting is great they've got some nice music on it he's hitting the double end bag he's standing on a parquet floor for the overhead shots he's on like a plexiglass floor and they're shooting up through uh they they did a good job and you know time mac is you know i'm a martial artist uh so it it looks good um and it's a it's a great way to open the film and then of course you know his masters just start shooting arrows at him (laughs) (laughs) which you know not the most effective way to train (laughs) while you're in the middle of you know training on what looks like boston gardens floor yeah like 
how many <laughs> how many students are buried in the garden behind the dojo that, that like this garden with the houseboat? How many of them are floating with cement yeah, shoes on the yeah. harbor? <laughs> I think that's he's getting life support settlements to uh to afford that dope houseboat that that master has because it looks like Leroy's his only student and he's got yeah. this phenomenal houseboat that he lives on. Yeah, no wonder Leroy's his only student because the others were all pierced with arrows. But I read some I read some trivia that they actually were firing arrows past Timac and he kept chopping at them until he got them, which is yeah, ridiculously dangerous. Can you imagine? Yeah. Like nowadays firing arrows that close to your star. Yeah. Like what if you went a little bit early and catches one right through the forearm? <laughs> right through the goddamn <laughs> arm. Yeah. Now you just chop that out of the air. It's just like, what? Just like James Cameron in uh, Terminator 1. Uh, Arnold, go up and punch through that window of that car. And and he did. Like, <laughs> the days safety aren't be damned. Yeah. No, to hell with that. Hell with that. But he chops the two. He chops the two red arrows, and then he captures the blue one, which was which was good. And then you know he asks him, you "How know? did you know?" Blue. I don't know. <laughs> I like that honest answer. I I don't I don't know how. Well, and he goes, "Oh, you've reached the final stage of knowing without knowing." Anyway, that little scene was kind of cool. I enjoyed that. I liked his little. <laughs> when he tore the the crest off of Timex's shirt and he just dropped to his knees, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He's like, ah, you've been yeah, in the exactly. movies again. <laughs> I, I liked how this film just kind of subverts all the expectations, and even though it is over the top and cartoonish, uh, it really tries to break a lot of those tropes and barriers. And and I really liked, even though yeah. he's hardly in the movie, uh, I really liked uh, Bruce Leroy's master in this. He was pretty funny. Thomas Ikeda, he's a good actor. I like that dude. He was in Memoirs of a Geisha and Moscow on the Hudson. Like he's he's been around. He knows what he's doing. So he really played that character well, even for the the two little scenes that he had in it. He really made the most of them, I think. Yeah, and he tells him to go off and like, and he realizes that even though it's a very short scene, that Bruce Leroy is one of those guys that really gets into it. And you know, like at the dojo, we used to call those guys sensei worshippers, right? And uh, and yes. he's just like, oh, yeah. if it's a master you seek, you need to go find the master, some dumb goy, and uh, that flies which is right hilarious. over Timax's head, and uh, he goes off. Yeah, he goes off <laughs> yeah. looking for him, and the uh, yeah, he's just a funny character. The mask, like he's just so laid back and cool, and and yeah, it was just a, a good way to start the movie and and put Bruce Leroy on this path. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. So they they get through that, and he takes off. He wants to, you know, which you, you sort of get your first mention of the glow and people's hands can glow. So you kind of get this little hint of what's to come a little bit later. But then you get the movie theater scene because he likes to go watch Bruce Lee movies. And you get this cool showing of Enter the Dragon on the screen at the movie theater and this super rowdy Harlem crowd watching mm -hmm. it and saying all the lines together. And that cool scene where everybody's watching it. And then the break dancers put the ghetto blaster down and start just dancing. And then the time, the timed shot of the guy in the theater and Bruce Lee stomping yeah. on... <laughs> on Bob Wall and the Ghetto Blaster at the same so time. Funny. That was kind of that awesome. Was so funny. And I thought for a second that the actor that played the Ghetto Blaster jumper, I thought it was the same guy from Enter the Dragon that's like, Mr. Lee. Yeah. I thought it was the same dude. And I was like, oh, they got the same guy. It's not. Yeah, it but looks like him though. Yeah, I thought it was him. Yeah. And yeah, just a really, yeah, it was it, that, that whole scene is fun uh, leading up to our introduction of our villain who is really awesome but hilarious he's shown up yeah well i think like julius carey 
you know, rest in peace to Julius Carey. Unfortunately, he, he passed away in 2008 from uh, pancreatic cancer. But he did a tremendous job in this movie because he's he's not a martial artist. And that's very clear when you watch him fight. But he really played the character up and made him, like you said, he's cartoonish. He's over the top. And they show that off. I mean, he was he's he was six foot five. So he's a massive dude. But I watched this interview and they said, you know, he's tall. He's built like a basketball player. Like he's not big and imposing. He's kind of lean, which is why they put those Mm. big ass football pad shoulder pads on him to give him that bigger kind of, you know, V-shaped menacing look. And he plays that off and he's got the hair and the, the cool shade sunglasses things. And, you know, when he walks in and gives his classic line of, you know, am I the meanest? Am I the prettiest? Am I the baddest mofo low down around this time? Sure enough. Well, who am I? Sure enough. Who am I? Sure enough. I can't hear you. Sure enough. It's dope. It's really good. It's really good. And like the gang, like that's one of the things that a lot of these 80s movies had or even the 70s, like even the Warriors, like they're in a gang and they all dress the same. Like, you know, in the Warriors, they had the baseball furies and they had, you know, makeup on. And even in, um, you know, like Charles Bronson's movie and Death Wish 3, they all had like, you know, red and black makeup. And, you know, these guys come. Yeah, these guys come stomping in with their, you know, their outfits and makeup. And he's like, am I the baddest? Show enough. Am I the prettiest? Show enough. Like, it was great. It's great good. They're all dressed in the camouflage and the girls with the massive 80s hair all yes. teased out like a bomb went off on her forehead. It was wicked. And then, the, you know, he goes down and he goes to kick people out of their seats. And then you hear that little kid go, I know somebody that could beat you. <laughs> and that's that? the whole movie. Yeah, that little kid. That's off the whole movie. Like this one stupid little kid says, Bruce Leroy could beat you. And then showing up is like, it is my life's ambition to prove that eight-year-old child wrong. Well, it's so, it cracked me up because it's so funny. The kid goes, Bruce Leroy could beat you. And the show enough goes, Bruce Leroy? Yeah. Bruce Leroy. And then he points him out and he goes around. And as Shonuff walks around to get in front of Bruce Leroy, Crash or Crutch or Bomb or whatever that dude's name is, Beast, turns to one of the other members of the gang and goes, Bruce Leroy is the only one standing between show and total domination or whatever. Yes. Yeah. He, he knows who he is. He's doing the exposition, but apparently Shonuff doesn't know who the fuck Bruce Leroy is. Yeah. Who he is. <laughs> Leroy's sitting there. Like a boss eating his eating his popcorn with his chopsticks. Yeah, but do you know what's really great? I love show enough because when somebody's like, Why don't you sit down and shut up? And show enough is like, sit down and shut up. Why don't you come down here? Why don't any fifty of you why don't any fifty of you come down? And I'm like, any fifty? I've not seen anybody in a movie say any fifty. That's some pretty here. big balls. On the yeah. team. That's some confidence yeah. in your skills to go, any 50 of you motherfuckers come down here and see what happens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the, the funniest thing was you hear the guy in the balcony go, why don't you sit down and shut up? And he goes, why don't you make me sit down and shut up? And they show the two guys in the balcony and it's oh, one, yeah. two, 
two fat dudes, one of them dressed in black, and the other guy takes his jacket off, and he's wearing a fucking skin-tight pink half-tank top. <laughs> I know. It looked like a sports bra it did. On, on, like, on a cow or something. Right? It's, just, it's so ill-fitting. It didn't make any sense. He looks like, like a fucking harbor it? seal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It was awesome. I laughed. I was like, I had to stop the movie because I was laughing too hard when I saw that guy. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Holy shit. It was so funny. Yeah, so then hats off to that dude. He was going down to do it. So, Oh, he got up and went down and got his ass kicked, but he showed up. So He did. Hmm. Holy crap. So, yeah. And then there's the uh, the fight kind of kicks off between any any 50 of the theater goers <laughs> and showing up and his crew. <laughs> and Leroy kind of sneakily steps across the seats and bounces. But the thing that I like funny is like Shonuff and, you know, I'm not going to say the line, but he was like, I've been waiting a long time for this little boy. I am sick of hearing these bullshit Superman stories about the Wassa legendary Bruce Leroy catching bullets with his teeth. <laughs> catches bullets with his teeth. Nigga, please. It's, he says that twice in the movie, and both times it's awesome. It's so funny. Yeah. And he's, he, when he's beating the guy out, he even rips like a clump of the guy's hair out and blows it off his hand, just like in the last film we did, Way of the Dragon. Yeah, that was hilarious. So yeah, it's 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 good. I mean, the martial arts in this are are average. They're not stellar, but yeah. they're done in a very fun and exciting way. So they're again, it's not going to be the best martial arts you've ever seen, but everything you know serves the story quite well and what is Shonuff wearing for a belt is that like a is he wearing like a boxing belt covered in leopard skin i i think that's what it is it's like a, a championship belt of some kind covered in leopard he likes animal prints yeah. uh, about Shonuff. so yeah i'm pretty sure that's what it is that's holding up those hakama pants that he's wearing <laughs> to cover his yeah. i assume fairly thin legs but yeah, he's got the he's got the outfit, man. He's got the red and black going on, and he's rocking that shit. Yeah, he looks good. He's got that Fu Manchu mustache. He's got the samurai hair. Like they did a great job at creating this imposing, menacing, but very cartoonish villain. Yeah, he's an underrated villain. I, I really think Shonuff is an underrated villain, and he shows up in different places throughout culture as time goes by. Like there's a there's a dope Buster Rhymes song from 1997 yes. called Dangerous yes. where in the video he dresses like Shonuff and god damn it's amazing it's so good yeah, have you seen that I have seen that oh, yes my whole entire unit is dangerous and he's dressed like fucking but oh it's wicked it's so and he looks like he's got the big smile and everything like when he's oh he yeah. looks just like him it's awesome dope song okay so second part we're introduced to Eddie Arcadian he tries to kidnap Laura Charles who runs the seventh heaven video club she turned down his request to promote Angela's music video. Leroy, thankfully, saves her from the kidnapping. Uh, Laura finds Leroy's medal. However, she gets kidnapped again by Rock. So we we end up here getting introduced to Eddie Arcadian. Yeah, he's a great little piece of shit villain. Like, he's not as scary as showing <laughs> he up. Really is. But he's just a, he's just a freaking dirtbag. And he's got, obviously, his, you know, Cindy Lauper-styled girlfriend, Angela. He's got his dumb bodyguard, Rock. They do a good job at him just being an evil creep. He's walking around in his tuxedo at the beginning, you know, and Angela's dressed like a 
freaking idiot with like a <laughs> like a T square in her fucking hair or something. I don't know. She's like, got a protractor in her hair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And, yeah, he's uh, great. I love this dude, Christopher Murney. He's he plays this villain really. He plays a psycho. You know, yeah. this guy that wants control. He's got you know little man syndrome and. He can't tie his fucking bow tie, so he's all upset because he can't do it right. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Fix your face. That's one of my... Be- oh, my God. I love that line so much. Where is that DJ lady anyway? I mean, what's the big deal? Can't she just meet us there? Angela, sweetheart. Shut up. But, Eddie, I'm hungry. I want to go. I said shut up. <laughs> oh, jeez. Don't cry. Listen, Laura, what's her face? is going to be here any second. Now, we don't want our star to look like a little pig peed in her eyes now, do we? Uh-uh. Then knock it off. Don't bug me. Fix your face. <laughs> Shut up! So, yeah, they end up getting together. They want to get Laura Charles, but she doesn't show up, obviously. So then he hires his goons to go out and grab Laura Charles. So they replace her driver with Chaz Palminteri. And when she leaves the club... She gets into the limo and is snatched by Chaz, who takes her. And uh, thankfully, Leroy, as she's leaving the club, meets her eyes in this cool little, ah, you're cute, ah, you're cute kind of moment. It's kind of well done. When I watched it, I thought it was pretty cool. And then as she drives away. I was going to say, let's go back to the club for a second, where they okay. th- where they play the entire Rhythm of the Night song by <laughs> Elder Barge. They literally play like two and a half minutes of the video. Yeah. It's, it's not just... All right, everybody, this is a great new hit from Elder Barge. Like, they're playing the music video. So, obviously, Barry Gordy had some money tied up in Elder Barge, or Elder Barge owed Barry Gordy a favor or something. But they're <laughs> you like, think? holy shit. They're like, they're like, and now Elder Barge. And in like a typical movie, that would just be like, you know, the oh, song, but they're like, 10 seconds, they're like, maybe. They're like showing the music video. And I'm like, oh, are they going to run this whole goddamn thing? Okay. <laughs> And then they, it's so funny because they show easily 45 seconds of the video, like the video. And then they cut away to show JJ trying to get Laura to play uh, Angela's video at the club. But in the background, you can hear the continuation of the song. It's still going. And then after that whole fracas, they cut back to the video again. The video. Play more of it. (laughs) Play more of the video. I'm I'm like, hey. So it's literally yeah. two, two and a half minutes of the video. <laughs> yeah. That's no wonder this shit. And it was on the, it was number one on billboard for like 16 weeks. Like no yeah. wonder it was up there. They were like, Oh, just play the video. Cause people like this song. That's this, this song got overplayed, man. Cause uh, this was on the radio all the time. And I wasn't a real fan of this song. Like back in the mid eighties, I was a little bit into more of the, the rock and metal type music and whatnot. So I just, I just, thought this song was kind of soft but they played it all of the time oh yeah they played the shit out of this song yeah man like you just could not go anywhere without hearing this song and and you know what it's a it's a catchy enough song but if you've heard it eight hundred and sixty-five thousand times i'm kind of over it now yeah well one of the things that i missed when i was watching that is they're out on the club and do you remember when clubs and dances had giant video screens oh yeah like that you don't have that now, but that was the thing in the day. Like you'd go out and you'd be at a dance and you'd have like seven or eight giant screens with the music video playing while you were dancing. So that was a nice throwback for me. I was like, ah, I remember that, that video was- dances in high school where they'd have yeah. the big screen set up and stuff. Yeah. 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 I don't, do they even make videos anymore for, mu- they, for music? Not really. No, 
Like whenever I look online or anything, it's usually just a static image with the song behind it. Mm, That's, yeah. So we're moving on to Leroy stopping the kidnapping, which was kind of cool because she's trying to fight to get away from the four thugs and she bites one of the guys and he hauls back to hit her and Leroy grabs his hand. I would not do that if I were you. Yeah, but am I, am I wrong? Like, did she not get in the limo and then like drive away and drive for like an amount of time that in a car, like you'd be down the street. And then all yeah. of a sudden it's like, Hey, you're not my regular driver. Hey, you're Chaz Palmateri. And then Bruce Leroy is there. And I'm like, what, what was he do- like? How did he get there? <laughs> like, he can run very fast. <laughs> it was just like when we did uh, Black Belt Jones, when he's driving down the road, and he's like, hey, brother, they're trying to rape a sister up in yeah. here. And Buddy was like 150 meters down the road, and he heard him. Yeah, and on I'm the sign. Like, yeah, and it's just like she gets in the limo, drives away, and she's like, hey, how's it going? How's your night, Mike, or whatever? And she's like, wait, you're not Mike? And he's like, you just be quiet there. And she's like, oh, my God, help. And Bruce Leroy is literally right outside the car, like, ha-ha. Basically, yeah, he stops at a stoplight. And I, f- I forget where the other three dudes came from because she gets in the limo and it's just her and Chaz Palminteri. And she's like, you're not my regular guy. And they drive away. And then he stops at like a stop sign on the corner. And I don't know if the three other guys are waiting there to get in. I, f- I honestly forget what happens. And she tries to like get out and run away or something. And then they all grab her and they get in a bit of a scrap. And that's where Leroy comes and kicks all the ass out of the dudes. Yeah, because Leroy actually would have shown up and he would have been like, oh, yeah. okay, <laughs> give me give me a minute. I, you better not. I literally. I, would, I wouldn't do I, that if I were you. I just, just give me a second. I just fucking ran half a mile. <laughs> and a full out sprint. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, this fight scene's pretty good. I remember really liking this when I was younger and it was yeah. still pretty good. It was still all right. You know, he kicks Chad through the through the door and puts him through the the open car window and that's the thing like we're going to be doing rapid fire next and that was one of the things i like in martial arts films where they kind of utilize the environment and he does a decent job here like you know he's got the doors and the car and he moves around the car so you know it's coordinated rather well again it's most of the martial arts in this film are average but i appreciated that yep there's a couple of fight scenes that are pretty good this was this is one that i really remembered as being like oh yeah that was kind of good i enjoyed that one so he he beats the crap out of these four dudes. A couple of nice wheel kicks that he does here. A couple of nice hand hand techniques and stuff. Beats up these dudes, and then she, uh, as her to her credit, Vanity here again to her too. Rest in peace. She died a while ago. She died in yeah. uh, I can't remember a what year it was. People. She was only fifty seven though. People. Yeah, yeah. There's th- like the three main people like uh, Shonuff, Julius Carey, and Denise Matthews. Vanity. She died, and so did uh, Leo O'Brien, who plays Richie Green. Yeah, Richie. Yeah. Plays uh, uh, Timex little brother died. Yeah, so, I looked yeah, that this... up and I was I was pretty sad. I was like, oh, oh my god, oh yeah, it sucks, man. Like Vanity kind of took a hard turn into drugs and stuff, and and then thankfully got out of it, but it was a little too late because she had already had an overdose, I guess, and it it kind of messed her up enough that that kind of took her out. So that sucks. She was she was supposed to be Apollonia's character in Purple Rain. Didn't know that she was originally cast as that character, but I guess it it slipped off and went to Apollonia. But uh, anyway, she she does a good job in this scene as acting freaked out and terrified and then he kind of helps her and gets her back on her feet and calls a cab and then vanishes like fucking batman and she finds the little belt buckle thing that was bruce lee's that that leroy's master gave him and takes off with that so then after that happens they kind of cut back this is where they get the fix your face line from eddie i really like the girl faith prince here she plays angela i really like her 
She's a good. I really actress. like her. I really like her story arc too. That we'll get to yes. later on. But I, I I like how she gets a certain amount of independence and makes her own choices, which yeah. is which is good. And she's an awesome actress. Like she's a Broadway yeah. actress. She's a Tony Award winning Broadway actress. She's she won for Guys and Dolls. She's been around. She's awesome. She's really good in this. As annoying and like like you said, Cindy Lauper popperish. She she really has a good turn in this movie, I think. And when she acts, particularly when she goes from that ditzy, oh, Eddie, you know, like that kind of thing, when she makes a turn and like starts calling him out, you believe it. Like she really makes yeah. you buy it. She makes you buy it. And when the when the thugs after losing burst into Eddie Arcadian's office and they're just like, oh, yeah, boys, yeah, there was like 20 guys out there. And yeah. like, yeah. Black guys. Like that and the two just, white so, guys turn and look at the black guy, and the black guy goes, Yeah, yeah with chains. Stuff. You're going to back us up here? <laughs> yeah, with chains. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> so then we get, after this, we get the uh, Bruce Leroy at his dojo teaching his class, and he's in the game of death suit. Yeah, that was great to see that. It was cool to see that. They're, they're doing, they do a couple cool little. Bruce Lee nods, like you said, with the, the chest hair, with the, the guy pulling that dude's hair out and blowing it. And then the game of death suit here. This is where you get the introduction of, uh, of Glenn Eaton as Johnny, which was great. This is where he does really, really good. And he's great. He's a really yeah. good actor in this. You know, he's not a martial artist either, but some of the stuff he pulls off is legit, is good. Yeah. And I mean, like we're talking about a film that's kind of, you know, adjusting and flipping stereotypes, you know, on their head. And you've got the very you know, quiet, reserved, humble person of color and, you know, in a martial arts film and the the comedy sidekick is Asian. Yes. You know, and he's like, Johnny, what are you doing? Well, you see, Leroy, uh, you know how you're always teaching us to master the art of fighting without fighting? We said, I did you one better. I mastered the art of fighting without knowing how to fight. You see, people, people are afraid of oriental dudes. Give him a little move, a little stream, and lots of attitude. Check this out. That was a great line and a great introduction because he immediately gets knocked out after that. Yeah, exactly. He just gets, but he's like, yeah, brother C, and it's his words. He goes, he goes, brother C, an Oriental like me, start doing some wah, wah, yeah. they get scared. And dudes are guy, afraid of Oriental dudes. Yeah, yeah, dudes are afraid of Oriental dudes. And then he just uh, knocks him out, which was, you know, again, it's, it's funny. It's a, it's a whole flip on the thing and they did a good job here. Yeah, it's good. And then you get, and then of course, you know, show enough shows up. Sorry. Old school dojo storming. Yeah, man. Show enough shows up with his crew and they want to fight, but Leroy is not, uh, not down with that. And they end up basically humiliating him and you get the, the, him taunting Leroy with his crew and the girls are whapping around and trying to get him to go, but he won't. And they're eventually humiliating him to the point where Johnny, not knowing how to fight, steps up and <laughs> tries to fight and then runs away. And they grab him and basically threaten to break Johnny's neck unless Bruce Leroy kisses, does the kiss my converse line and gets kicked in the face and they leave. Yeah, but I remember when we watched this, you know, back in 91, 92, both of us laughed because he's like, do you want to fight? And he's like, oh, how about you? Stream being Rick James looking fool beast, kill him. <laughs> One of the best lines of the movie. Yeah. 
which wasn't in the script. Oh, it was not in the script? No, that apparently they were uh, in the in the script. They had a bunch of lines where Johnny was antagonizing Shonuff, but they weren't getting the reaction from Julius from Shonuff that they wanted. So Barry Gordy went up to Glenn Eaton, who plays Johnny, and said, hey, man, say this. And apparently he said something to the effect of, Tell, call him a string bean, Rick James looking motherfucker, like put swear words in it. Yeah. And Johnny or Glenn Eaton just was like, I'm not going to say all that, but because he didn't want to get in trouble. He didn't want to get fired. But right. apparently Barry Gordy, well, he was like, okay, well, Barry Gordy told me to say it. So I'm going to say it. So he said, string bean, Rick James looking fool. And that got Julius to be like, what? <laughs> and got the reaction that he wanted. <laughs> so that's kind of awesome that that's a, that's a Barry Gordy line. That's awesome. And the thugs here, there, there's actually a thug in the background here with the full mustache that kind of looks like you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I was uh, 80. I was 14 at the, this, when the year this came out. So it could have been, I was pretty buff. That time when you grew that big, big ass mustache, she kind of looks like you. Oh my God. I had a girlfriend in high school that liked the mustache. That was brutal. My stupid high school graduation photo has a mustache. Yeah. yeah, Because of her. Thank you. You were walking around with a full-on mustache. I was. Oh, yeah, 11. I had the big on, big old Freddie Mercury stash. Yeah, you look like a, like a World War One sergeant <laughs> like, walking around Sackville High School. <laughs> it was the eighties. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to be trying to have my facial hair on. But yeah, it's 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 good. It's good that they you know maybe he took a note from the Bruce Lee book of filmmaking because he doesn't fight show enough right away and no. he gets humbled and he gets humiliated and one thing that i want to say about this film that it does really really well that a lot of modern film and tv doesn't do is uh set up some payoffs and i think that yeah there's a lot of things that are brought up at early stages in the film that really pay off later. And that's just a credit to the writing. Like when he's talking about, you know, you'll receive the glow and he's setting it up. Like it's almost too much because the whole audience is in on it at the point where he's like, yeah, you've looked everywhere, but the one place that you haven't looked Leroy to find the master. And like, again, they just do a good job at, at, at setups. So when it does pay off, it's that much better. And for him to be embarrassed and not fight shown up right away just makes you root for him more later in the film. It does. This movie's basically Dumbo, but for martial arts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just, you know, you don't need that feather, Leroy. Put it away. You can fly. Fight show enough. That's really what it is. It's just, you know, if, Mar- if Dumbo was a martial arts movie, it would be this. Yeah. <laughs> so now we get to... Um, after the dojo storming, we see that Laura actually gets kidnapped. This is where she does get kidnapped again. And they take her to Eddie Arcadian's little loft place and force her to watch Angela's shitty video. And it's awful. And all, the, one of the funniest things about this scene, I thought, was uh, <laughs> fucking all the... Is this where that happens? No, no. We have to go back and talk when we're introduced to Leroy's family. Because we go back here and Leroy's up on the roof. Yeah, Leroy's up on the roof. Yeah, Leroy's he... up on the roof, and fucking Richie sticks his head out of the out of the window and goes, "Hey, Reloy," <laughs> <laughs> and calls yeah. him down to breakfast. And we yeah. get introduced to to the dad. The whole family here is having breakfast, and uh, this is where Richie is introduced and wants to 
win the dance competition to have a date with Vanity, to have a date with Laura Charles. Laura Charles, yeah. And a very, very young first movie appearance here for Keisha Knight Pulliam of Cosby Show fame. She's in this as the baby. And the mom and dad are there getting ready to go to their pizza place. And Leroy comes in, Reloy comes in through the window and uh, it ends up seeing, or they end up seeing Laura Charles on the TV. And that's where Leroy says, oh my God, that's that girl. I got to meet her. And <laughs> Richie, of course, is very like, dude, you're not meeting shit. You're not doing anything. Shut up. And Richie, Richie's an aggressive pervert in this particular totally. film. And uh, I love the fact that Daddy Green owns the pizza place. And he's like, I came up with my slogan, just directed your pizza to Daddy Green's Pizza. And last great summer, slogan. it's a great slogan, but apparently not everyone's heard of it because in Lance, <laughs> Nova Scotia, there is a place I'm driving down the road and it says Daddy Green's Pizza. And I was like, what? And I walked in. I was like, well, I got I got to go in. I've got to not go in. Daddy Green's Pizza. And I walked in and there was a guy working behind the counter and he goes, hey. And I was like, I just, I don't, I don't know why it just came out. I was like, I just directed my pizza to Danny Green's pizza. And he looked at me like he did not know what the fuck I was talking about. And I stood there like awkwardly like, oh my God, this guy doesn't know. <laughs> he doesn't know. <laughs> and I look like an idiot. You look like I kind of half wrapped it, right? I was like, I directed my pizza to Daddy Green's pizza. I put some sass on it and shit. Put and he just, but he just he just stared blankly. And I was just like That's uh, the just Yeah, that's the price of having a pop culture recall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> most people don't. Most most people yeah, will not know not what you're doing. Did not yeah. go over well. Did not fly. So yeah, they uh, they end up Richie and Richie and Leroy end up going down to Seventh Heaven because that's where Leroy wants to meet Vanity, wants to meet Laura, and <laughs> Richie because he knows where Laura is going to be. That means Leroy owes him, so he has to carry Richie on his shoulder and he has to rap. And this is maybe the most awkward thing in the movie when Leroy tries to rap walking down the street with. Richie on his shoulder. What it'd be like? What what it is? He's <laughs> got the ghetto blister on his shoulder. So he's yeah, and he's he's worse than when when Pinky was rapping in goddamn Black Belt Jones. Oh my god, yeah. Oh yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, and it's yeah, worse than awesome. that. Yeah, Pinky was Pinky's was bad. This was worse. Richie spends like all of the money he earns at Daddy Green's Pizza on outfits because he's wearing like a tuxedo shirt with like ice creams on it or something. He looks fly. He's carrying his ghetto blaster. He's got the cool hat on. Yeah, it's awesome. This is a real flashback to the days of the ghetto blaster because there's at least four appearances of ghetto blasters in this movie. There's the the movie theater and this and the Chinese dudes outside rapping outside some dumb guy's place. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of ghetto blasters. Yeah, a lot of ghetto was, well, it was, you know, whatever it was, 85. So this is prime peak ghetto blaster time. So there's uh, Leroy's rap. And then uh, we go to all of the bad guys rocking out to Angela's song. Yeah. Yeah. They're all rocking out at the, because they kidnapped Laura here again at Seventh Heaven just before, uh, what's his face? Leroy and Richie get to the club, but they can't get in because they're, he's, they're trying to find a back way in so Richie doesn't have to buy a ticket. And Rock shows up and, tricks laura into the van for a for a quote-unquote soundtrack and grabs sound check and grabs her and takes her off but leroy sees them 
he misses them, unfortunately, but he gets the billfold or the, the full folder thing that says Arcadian Enterprises. So he knows who took her. Yeah, first of all, Rock's a fucking idiot. Like, I don't even know why he would carry the name of the company <laughs> he drives I mean, her off. Yeah, there's no he way that would do that. He's a, that. he's a fucking moron. And not a good boxer, by the way, because we'll get to that. We'll get to that later. But they, they grab her and take her off to Arcadian's place. And then all the bad guys are rocking out to Angela's song. And eventually it comes that Laura is not going to play this song. She's trying to be nice to Angela. And Angela's trying to be cool with, with Laura Charles, but Eddie is freaking out. We haven't mentioned yet Rock's pet whatever the fuck. I'm going to say piranha, but it's not a piranha because it eats this giant fucking lamb leg to the bone in like a second and a half in cloudy water because he takes shitty care of his fish. I thought it was like a school of piranhas. That's what I thought initially, but they showed like when they show it, you see like this giant fin come up, like this giant goldfish black fin come up through the top. So it looked like one big fish. And he never says, get rid of them. He says, get rid of it. Yeah, that's true. So I'm assuming it's one big ass fish that they feed the lamb leg to and it's in there. But in this scene, Arcadian gets super annoyed and obviously is going to try and do damage to Laura Charles, but smashed in Leroy dressed as a ninja. I don't know if he does Kung Fu or he does Goju Ru Karate, actually, because they, they use the karate school. They used a Goju Karate school, and that's what Ron Van Cleef is, so I assume that's what they did. But why he's dressed like a ninja? Ah, no. Another little nod here to Return of the Dragon, where Leroy busts in and he throws the darts into the hands of the guys with the guns. Well, yeah, and the funny thing is, like, when he bursts through the door, Eddie Arcadian goes, who's that guy? We didn't order out. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a great response. Yeah, and and (laughs) Angela's music video is so awful but I find myself like I found myself today singing like so even though like they're intentionally making it bad it's it's kind of a catchy ass song it's, it's yes like, oh. it's stuck in your head yeah it's a little <laughs> earwormy <laughs> so Leroy kicks the shit out of all these dudes and ends up taking uh Eddie Arcadian to cool off and dunks his head in the piranha tank that he's terrified of and freaks him out and then takes Laura Charles and leaves. And Eddie is completely freaked out at this. He snaps at Angela and basically vows that he's going to get Leroy. Cause he saw his face now after he took the mask off. So he sees, he has seen Timac. He has seen Bruce Leroy. So he wants to get him. So Leroy and Laura go back to her apartment for what I assume Laura Charles wants a little late night bootay call, but Leroy's having none of that. He just wants his belt buckle back. Super awkward. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Kind of a cute little scene, though. Yeah, it's not a bad little scene. And and I like, again, you know, I watched an interview with Timac and, and, you know, he's talking about how, you know, he wanted to be in the role of a person of color that is, you know, humble. And Leroy's obviously a virgin at this point and very quiet, very respectful. And, you know, that just kind of flips things on the side because, you know, in Enter the Dragon, you've got Jim Kelly, the black guy, and they've got him as like the super hyper cocky, hyper sexualized type of character. And yeah. you know, they even interviewed Bruce and Bruce said that they wanted to keep him very asexual because of his race. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think that, you know, having him, you know, not being like the cool guy that's running around like Shaft you know, running the flag up on all the friggin' women in town. Uh, yeah. I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of cool. I think it's kind of touching. 
It is. Well, and like you said, it's it's going completely against the Jim Kelly, you know, here's all the girls you can choose. I'll take you and you and you and you and you and you. Right? He'll take like nine of the girls and you're like, Jesus, dude, calm down. Like you gotta fight yeah. in a tournament. Come on. If that was me, there'd be like one woman and the rest would be like getting me food and rehydrating me. (laughs) (laughs) And if one girl and the other, the other setting up a Gatorade drip for me. (laughs) Can you just leave me? I just have maybe some, (laughs) maybe a granola bar or something. (laughs) Or I'd just be sitting on the bed with like nine unsatisfied women. Yeah. Sorry. I really I really, uh, I really talked a big game there, didn't I? <laughs> really set you guys up for failure. Sorry, there's. I have free HBO if you want to watch a movie or Sopranos yeah. or something. <laughs> Slumber party. <laughs> oh, guys, Three's Company's on late night. <laughs> oh, I love this one. <laughs> um. <laughs> okay. So he leaves uh, Vanity. Vanity's. He leaves Laura Charles's place here with his new belt buckle thing that he got back from her and he wants to go and meet this some dumb goy that his master has made up so he's strolling around i guess he's just strolling around new york and happens upon the some dumb goy fortune cookie company in all of new york and the three chinese guys out there are dancing and rapping to uh Sukiyaki hot, which is which is fucking great. Yeah, <laughs> Sukiyaki <laughs> you, Sukiyaki me. Yeah, that was hilarious. And you know what? Like they've got these Asian. Yeah, they've got these. Like they've got the black guy kind of doing the traditional Asian stereotypes, and then they've got the Asian guys doing the traditional black guy stereotypes. And they're but they're they're dancing like really bad. They're not even dancing well. Oh, there's a crowd. There's a fucking crowd of people watching them. And I'm like, clapping along and applauding. Why are you watching this? This is ridiculous. This is the worst dancing ever. And they take his coolie hat and they put it on and they start doing like Asian, like jibber jabber. Oh yeah. That was pretty bad. Yeah. When he said, let me, yeah. let me see Let me talk to him in a language you can understand. Oh, so sorry. Oh, you're going to like, yeah. it's bad. Like it's really not okay. <laughs> I'm like really awkward and I'm like, I know that this is racist in some way, but I can't quite put my finger on this. If a Chinese guy is being racist to a black guy doing a Chinese stereotype, that's, I don't know if, is that racist? <laughs> I I don't know if it's more or it is racist, but I don't know if it's more racist or less racist. It's a hundred percent racist, but is it like weird meta inception racist? I don't even know. I, don't I, even I think that. I think that they were going for like kind of breaking the mold of yes. traditional stereotypes. And I think that they did it, but they just did it in a, in a strange way, but you know, they did it. But then we leave and we go to the black people that own the pizza shop, which he makes reference to. He's like, a lot of people said I was crazy. Black man opening a pizza shop. hundred percent. Yeah. But, you know, right? they, they, they do it as well. And then show enough and his gang show up at the pizza shop looking for Leroy. Yeah, man. They end up, they end up throwing down at the pizza shop. Yeah, you mentioned that dude stole Leroy's hat and then Shonuff shows up at Daddy Green's, man. And Leroy's not there, obviously. So he just trashes the place. Him and his crew trash the place. And the wife is hysterical in this where she's spazzing out and trying to grab shit to throw at them. <laughs> she's smashing yeah. with pizza yeah. dough and trying to grab the pans and throw them out. And then the Daddy Green's like, oh, whoa, whoa, like baby, whoa. <laughs> the dude that looks like you takes a large wad of dough to the face. <laughs> and I'm like, they were probably like, hey, 
that's probably not going to hurt that much. And I'm like, yeah, that was a bit of a bump. Like, yeah. <laughs> you could tell it hit. Like, pizza dough's dense, man. If you get smashed in the face with it. <laughs> he looks like he was taken aback. And, like, they cut before he was like, what in the fuck? Like, it was good. And then they take Richie and they throw him in the goddamn garbage can, which is uh, crazy. I'm sure he and didn't like he- that, yeah. And then they smash, you know, the Eddie Arcadian jukebox and Daddy Green's like, I don't even own that. Which was hilarious. Yeah, that was really funny. I don't own that. (laughs) That was good. That's hilarious. Then they go outside to their A-team van and fuck off. Yeah, they got a fucking A-team van. Like, (laughs) that's crazy. And this is all because one kid said, Bruce Lee, well, I can beat you. And now he's just like trashing small businesses. (laughs) Across the city. (laughs) And you get a really good scene here too, where Leroy sees them leave and then goes in, and uh, and you get that that cool little scene where Richie's like, "What happened? Show sure enough happened. That's what. And it's all because of you. Everyone knows you scared of him. Kissed his shoes and everything. What good is that kung fu job if you can't even use it? Coward." He call kind of calls him out like, "Dude, what the fuck?" Which I I thought that was kind of cool and. Uh, then you see him kind of do the heavy bag, kind of the same scene that we saw in Best of the Best where Tommy was smashing the heavy bag thinking about his his opponent. Here you get Bruce Leroy smashing the heavy bag and reciting his little oath that he gets his students to do. Mm. So I kind of like that. Now, this is where I had my question about, about the brother revenge test, because I know it doesn't say it on the back of the box. It doesn't say brother or revenge, but the motivation here is revenge for smashing his family's pizza shop and for basically causing damage. So... But well, yeah, doesn't and, say it on the box. Yeah, and firstly, let us explain the brother revenge test. So, way back in the nineties, uh, you and I were just like, you know, there was mall rats and there was video store rats, and we were definitely video store rats. And we would go and we would rent, you know, four or five martial arts films, grab a pizza, go back, and you know, your place or my place, and we'd watch them. Yeah, and we started getting sick of the tropes, right? And this is an appropriate movie to actually discuss it, but we started getting very sick of the tropes. Yeah. So we started doing the brother revenge test where we would go in, we'd pick up a martial arts film. And if the words brother or revenge were on the back of the box, we were not able to rent it. Yes. So we would go through and, and you'd be surprised the amount of movies that would eliminate. <laughs> oh my God, dude. And I remember, we were at a gigantic video down on queen street and we were yes. standing there and you were like, Oh, this one looks good. And it's like going, uh, Shang Shea is a fighter, but now he must get revenge for the death of his brother. And you're like, ah! Shit! <laughs> and you'd put it back and you'd be like, uh, and then this is, and you're like, Oh, this is looking good, but he must get revenge for the death of his teacher. And you're like, God damn it. <laughs> like, so like there was a lot that we would have to put back just because we were trying to avoid those tropes. And, you know, this particular film, we've got the back of the box and it does not say brother or revenge, but yeah, this is really a moment where it's his brother that, that, that sparks him into thinking about taking action. Cause he yes. still hasn't, he still doesn't believe in himself. True. True. So I still think it does pass and it's watchable. This is just the one kind of moment that was like, ah, okay, it's still a little bit there, but it avoids it enough to the point where I think it passes. So, well, I mean, you know, we did, we did kickboxer with Van Damme and that, you know, that's brother oh, and that's, revenge. Jesus Christ, the that's, the that's the epitome of the brother revenge failure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when his brother, Eric <laughs> is paralyzed by Tong Po, he has to take revenge. He has to take revenge. 
And when his girlfriend is raped by Tung Po, he has to take revenge. Like, oh my God. God damn, you're doubling down. So Laura uh, shows up here to Leroy's dojo as he's meditating in an extraordinarily low cut dress and asks him, Shit. did you see? I the- think she has it on fucking backwards, dude. Because it's like, right. <laughs> oh my God. It's, it's to so her low. belly button. Yeah. Oh, easily. He, uh, <laughs> Leroy uh, refuses to be her bodyguard at this particular moment in kind of a rude way. But Glenn comes in, not Glenn. I'm sorry. Johnny comes in. He's hilarious. And then Laura leaves. And then we get the cool scene after this of Eddie Arcadian and rock interviewing all of the psychos that they want to try and kill Leroy. This is such a ridiculous scene, but it's so funny. It's funny. Cause it's so stupid. You get that, that fur vested George, the animal steel guy that breaks the desk with his head. <laughs> And, like, you get that creepy guy that's coming in for, like, people, like, there's a girl that he murdered in an alley, like, the newspaper clipping, and that's his resume, and he's got that evil grin. He's like, yeah, I threw it, man, in the valley or whatever. There's an an albino Mr. T. Like, I I don't know what the fuck fuck that was, yeah. Yeah, He's a a white Mr. T, but he's blonde. And (laughs) And fat. And fat. It's just like, oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this this is like a video game cartoon type thing. And, you know, he's interviewing all these crazy, crazy people. So they and then they uh, he goes upstairs. Ar- Ar- Eddie Arcadian goes upstairs and they're rehearsing Angela's new song called Test Drive, where she has the headlight tits yeah, it's and the license plate on her ass. Totally ridiculous. But this is actually kind of a cool scene because she's exhausted. The girls leave and Eddie implies that he's going to kill Leroy and that mm. something bad's going to happen to Laura Charles and she, Angela doesn't want that and she basically says I don't want you to kill anybody for me and they have this confrontation and this is where you really get that turn in Angela's character and I if, since I watched this movie first in whatever it was late 80s early 90s I've remembered this scene and how good Faith Prince is in this scene because mm. she really pulls off that turn she really does yeah and that's I think another thing where they kind of subvert what we expect because you know, for the whole part of the film, she's playing like this ditzy Cindy Lauper knockoff, but like she really stands up for herself. And yeah, it's just, it's done well. Her acting is really good. It's probably the best acting in the whole film to be perfectly frank. And, yep. uh, you know, she's kind of like a sidekick character, but she just kind of fucks off later in the movie. She does. She has this scene. And then I think one more, but yeah, she really, she really steals this man. Cause you really feel that. She wants to be a, a a recording artist, a recording star, but not at any cost. And she's like, yeah. well, you know what? I don't need this. Fuck off. I'm going to go back to, to beauty school or elocution school or whatever the fuck she wants to go back to. Mm-hmm. She's just not worth it. And you can see that turn in her like, yeah, fuck this. I don't need this. And it's believable. Yeah. It's really great. So I like I like that a lot. And then we cut to Shonuff doing a practice fight or whatever. And he's got these massive ass shoulder foam pads on. And he's fighting this dude. <laughs> They're like three feet out on each side of his shoulders. Yeah. And uh, he looks, yeah, it, it, it reminded me so much that he could, he could have been the third member of the, of uh, the road warriors. He could have like hawk an animal and shown up. <laughs> yeah, hawk animal and shown up. <laughs> it would have been awesome. <laughs> and uh, Eddie and rock show up to hire him to go get Leroy. And there's a hilarious scene here where he comes over and rock has this big suitcase of money. And uh, show enough goes, keep your money. You just get that sucker to the designated place at the designated time. 
and I will gladly designate his ass for dismemberment. <laughs> and Eddie, Eddie closes the suitcase and goes, yeah, that's great, Mr. Nuff. Yeah, Mr. Nuff. And Eddie's wearing a fucking wig in this scene. I know, it's so funny. <laughs> it's really great. It's, it's so, that's a hilarious scene when he calls him Mr. Nuff. Yeah, Mr. Nuff. And uh, Leroy, at this point, doesn't know what's happening. He goes to Laura's uh, place. And I don't know how Leroy got his hat back, but he's wearing his hat again. His little hat, is, little, but he's got it back now. Vanity takes him out, and she's wearing a cool little Chinese-style dress. Very pretty. Mm. And she's pretty uh, sexually forward in this scene, which I kind of admired about her. Oh, in the car. Yeah, because he's trying to get, you know, oh, I have a friend who uh, isn't really good with girls. And uh, he wants to know, you know, moves. And she goes, I'd like to teach you some moves, Leroy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, no, 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 not me. Not me. <laughs> yeah. So they end up going to Seventh Heaven, and she shows him a music video with clips of Bruce Lee movies on those big screens. Yeah, and it's pretty awesome. It was actually great. Yeah, it was, it was really good. Awesome. I liked it. And the music, cool. the music is paired up with it well, because they're playing the theme song to this, like, You're the Last Dragon, <laughs> you know, yeah. which is... Which is really cool. Yeah, it was good. It was paired up well. The scenes were cool. And Bruce is doing his, not Bruce, Leroy's doing his thing to Bruce's uh, action on the screen. Pretty cool. Uh, Richie and his friends are outside because they're trying to meet with Laura. So Richie and his three friends are out there with their ghetto blaster. And they figure out something's going on inside. So they break in. And unfortunately, they see, uh, well, let me back up. Because Leroy sees Bruce Lee dressed up in Chinese Connection to break in to his enemy's place and realizes, Oh, that's what I got to do to go get some dumb going. So he bounces mm-hmm. out and goes to do that. And Richie and the kids get in. They happen to see Laura kissing Leroy. So Richie's all upset, but then Eddie Arcadian comes in and grabs Laura yet again at seventh heaven. And they also capture yeah. Richie, unfortunately. Yeah. They should just change her name to bait because like <laughs> she's constantly being kidnapped for for a film that's that's like doing its best to kind of shake up preconceived like tropes in the martial arts films, she fucking gets kidnapped at least three times, and yeah. Bruce Leroy has to save her. So I would say that that's the one kind of failing of this film because she's been kidnapped again, Bruce Leroy, and it's like yeah. again, literally again. for the third time. Yeah, who, who who is she? The goddamn princess in Mario? Like she's. <laughs> She's getting kidnapped on the reg. <laughs> it's hilarious. And uh, what happens there? So then Arcadia grabs Laura again. Bruce Leroy, this is where Bruce Leroy goes to some dumb goy. And he went home and changed into whoever's clothes. I don't know where he got the fly clothes from. And the the, the funny scene out here where he's trying to get his black voice right before he goes in there is pretty funny. That is so funny. Hey, my man. What it look like? 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 (laughs) It's hilarious. It was really good. Yeah, but then as soon as they open the door, he just goes back. He's like, hey, my man, what did it look like? I am delivering the pizza. Like, he doesn't he even try. Just goes back. Yeah, he just goes right back to his normal voice. I but guess. it's hilarious because they're like, aren't you that dude that was here the other day? And he goes, no, no, no. We just all look alike. 
That's a little racist, <laughs> but I think they were playing that up too. Yeah. That was hilarious. We all just look alike. Jesus. So this is where you get a little quick cutaway to Angela's last scene where she goes to the dojo to see Leroy to kind of warn him about Eddie and that he's going crazy, but Leroy's not there. Johnny's there. And uh, <laughs> there's a hilarious line here <laughs> where Angela comes in. She goes, I'm looking for Mr. Leroy. Uh, is it Mr. Leroy here? <laughs> um, No, he's not here, but uh, how about something in a medium-sized oriental? Oh, no, thanks. <laughs> I'm not Jewish. <laughs> 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 it's such a good good line and comeback. It really made me laugh. <laughs> when he does, he's like, I do it too. And he's like, whoa. And he starts thrusting his hips at her. <laughs> oh, it's like, it's hilarious. Yeah, Glenn Eaton is really good in this as Johnny. Like those two really stick out in my head as the two really good acting performances of the movie. Yeah. It's Johnny and Angela. Yeah. Those two are awesome. So at this point, Eddie and Rock have Laura and Richie tied up at seventh heaven. Leroy, they cut back to Leroy at some dumb goy here with the three Chinese guys. And he's, you know, they're, they're trying to stall him and they end up kicking him out and he gets pissed and kicks the door in and demands to see the master, which ends up being a machine. So he gets super pissed and goes to his master's place and asks him like, what the hell, man? Why did you send me to go meet this person that doesn't even exist? And, you know, you're kind of getting the, the dead horse getting beaten here with the master going, you know, you've only, it's only one place you haven't looked. Mm. And that, that whole setup, you're on a quest for knowledge and blah, blah, blah. He still kind of doesn't get it, but the master's leaving to go see his mom in Florida or whatever. So off he goes. Yeah. That, that guy, he, he, he was great. I, I, I loved him as the master. He was only in it for a little bit, but he did a good job. He did. And yeah, it was a good scene, even though like he is flogging the dead horse. And I think everybody in the audience gets it. But Bruce Leroy. <laughs> yeah, he's the one kind of stuck out and every, everybody wants to reach through the movie screen and shake him at this point. But he goes back to the to the dojo and is is suiting up now to go have his little final confrontation. Johnny wants to go with him, but Leroy locks him in the cabinet and ends up going to Seventh Heaven to get Laura. So he shows up and in the time that he's gone, we get the first appearance of Ernie Reyes Jr., who shows up to let Johnny out of the closet and they get suited up and get all the other students, I guess, because Leroy gets to the seventh heaven where he's cornered by all of the psychos on the dance floor. And he ends up getting into the big fight here with all the, however many psychos there are that they hired the big white Mr. T guy and the George, the animal steel guy beats all those guys with the exception of this dude named Goliath who just grabs him and bites the nunchucks apart. And then all of yeah. Leroy's students bust in and there's a giant free-for-all. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that those nunchucks, like I, I paused it. I'm pretty sure that was a stick of Chris Brothers pepperoni that he actually bite. <laughs> it looks like it. <laughs> it. It legit looks like a stick of pepperoni. And I was like, all right. Yeah, but yeah, the fight scene, the fight scene itself is is okay. Again, it's an average fight scene. It is. Nothing looks exceptionally bad. Nope. But nothing is exceptionally good. The The thing that I will say is really well done is when he walks in, Eddie Arcadian's up on the big video screens. You yes. know, the lighting on that is really well done. Not just the soundtrack to this film, but all of the audio and the sound imaging is really good. Yeah. So when he walks out onto that soundstage, uh, you know, you've got the light from the top. You can really see, you know, 
the Bruce Bruce Leroy is lit from the top, and then all the bad guys are lit from the bottom, so they look a lot more menacing as the camera pans around the the dance floor. And again, martial arts average, but this this was done exceptionally well. The setup, the lighting, the music, Eddie Arcadian up on the screen like Big Brother. I thought it was I thought it was great. I thought it was great. It's just martial arts is a again not bad just a little soft yes yeah i thought so too like the 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 moves were good you know i think when when ernie Ray's jr fights it's obviously a gimmick because he's a little kid in this point this is his first his first film so it's kind of cool to see an eight-year-old or whatever he was at the time beating up adults so it was gimmicky his moves were good they just weren't believable because it's he just didn't have the power at the time yeah but but it's good it was like i'm not saying it wasn't good though oh yeah no the, the really fast like really really quick as as he always was yeah and that's the thing with ernie race jr i really thought that he was going to go on and just take the world by storm and and really kind of blow up and and in a lot of ways be like the next bruce lee and yeah i don't i know that's a bit of hyperbole to say that but i mean you know he did this and then he did that made for tv movie the last electric night and then yep. they turned that into the show sidekicks yep you know and and i i, I really was like man this kid's just going to be a force he did red sonia with schwarzenegger yeah he did a couple of movies after that and then of course he was in that uh one with the rock the rundown yeah which i thought he did a great job but he did i really wish i really wish i had seen more of ernie race jr after the 80s yeah yeah me too i mean he did the teenage mutant ninja turtle movie he was one of the yeah. one of the ninja turtles but i mean you don't see him in that because he's in costume yeah and part two he was out of costume for a you know a small role yeah but but you're right i thought it was great in this and it's fun to see you know a little kid and even uh yeah johnny in this like he does a couple of moves and then he looks over at some people and he slaps his chest like the bruce lee yep type thing so uh, overall i think this this fight is great you know just just a little soft on the martial arts and for a non-martial artist Glenn Eaton here does a great job playing Johnny because this is where Johnny like turns from, you know, fighting without knowing how to fight. He actually punches that dude with that wicked overhand right and then realizes like, holy shit, I can actually do this. And then he starts kicking ass and it's good. Yeah. His martial arts are solid in this. And then he gets the goddamn nunchucks out and he's stellar with the nunchucks. Yeah, it it, it's uh, it's good. There's some people in here who aren't martial artists that that they, uh, you know, that they cover well. Yeah, for sure. So that that whole scene goes off uh, quite well with the, with the whole mass fight. And then you end up getting uh, Richie doing his cool little scene of break dancing, getting out of the ropes. He starts popping and locking to get out of his, to get out of his ropes. And, and uh, yeah, I thought that was hilarious. That was wicked. I like that. And Arcadian grabs Laura and takes off. So now they're chasing Arcadian and Laura through the this warehouse, I guess, in the bottom of Seventh Heaven or wherever they got to. And Richie's trying to get to her and, and everybody else is trying to get to her. And this is where eventually Leroy locks Richie in this little cage or whatever underneath. And he ends up meeting up with Shonuff. So Shonuff shows up as sort of the final boss battle here. And they start to fight. It's not a bad little, it's a, not a bad fight. Like for a final fight, it's pretty good because you get a lot of different turns here where Shonuff starts to win a little bit and then Leroy comes back and gets some good hits on him, ends up kicking him through the door and thinking, okay, whew, that's a wrap. I got him. We're done. And then you hear Leroy and he turns around and Shonoff's gone. And 
He walks through the door and he goes, holy shit, I have to keep fighting this dude. Shonuff comes back now and his hands glow. The first half of the fight, it's it's done well. But when 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 I watched it, uh, one of the things that I really liked about it, even though it's not like a super, super great martial arts fight, the the sound imaging and the music is really, really good. That yeah. that ties in like put a lot of work into this because when he does kick him through the door and he's laying on the floor, they've got these musical beats and stuff that really, really tie into the the drama of it. Cause I think this is a little bit more of a, of a drama than like a real, like, Hey, let's watch Bruce and Chuck. Yes. But they've got this kind of, he's laying there. Bruce Leroy looks away when he looks back show enough is gone, but there's this like this kind of scary music drop. And yeah, like it's got a lot of good, like, despite the like, okay, we can't make the martial arts super, super great, but let's make everything else really, really great. And the shots, they've got some good close-ups, some good medium shots. Yeah. And that's what I really liked about it. It's like, okay, well, you know, it's not the best kicks I've ever seen. Like when he's throwing his kicks at Bruce Leroy, they're, they're, they're kind of bad, but yeah. He's also six foot five and he looks great, like busting through the door and he's standing next. There's a light hanging there and is like, he's like a foot taller than the light. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> right. they, did, they, they, they really, really, really did well on the other things. So I can certainly give him points for that, for sure. It's a lot like Big Trouble in Little China in that respect, where even for the, the time that it came out, the special effects were good, and they, the special effects don't look awful today. Like, when you see the special effects of Shonuff's hand glowing, and even later when Leroy does, you don't go, oh, man, come on. Like, it looks good. Like, when when uh, lightning in Big Trouble in Little China is shooting lightning everywhere, it looks dope. It looks awesome. And in this, when you have that long shot after Shonuff's hands glow and Leroy's terrified, and he thinks, oh, you know, holy shit, Shonuff's the master, and Shonuff starts laying the beating on him, and you get that long shot from Eddie and Laura's perspective across and you see Shonuff punching Leroy. And every time he hits him, it glows red and like, like sparks and shit come off. It looks cool. Yeah. And they did a practical thing too. Cause yeah, they did the rotoscoping to make his hands glow, but they were also doing real in camera lighting effects to kind of light his body up as well. So when they did add the rotoscoping, you could see the light hitting the different parts of his body. So they did a good job. Rotoscoping looks really good. And the fact that they use like a red practical light every time he hit to, because, yep. you know, the, the light would, you know, shine out. It, it looks really good. Like even when he's standing there holding his, you know, his hands in those claws and, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're shining a red light on Leroy, uh, which obviously they, when they have the rotoscoping, there. it's practically there and it looks, it looks good. So I did like that. I did like that. And, yeah. But he's kind of got like, then all of a sudden near the end, he's just like has one eye closed and he looks like Marlon Wayans. Oh, I was going to say he's got that. He, Bruce, Bruce Willis used to call that the horse eye where yeah. he closed one eye and opened one big one when he's coming around a corner. And he does that all the time at the end now. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. He didn't do that at the beginning. No, it was an odd acting choice, but you know, Hey man, that's his intensity. Look, come on, boy. Got something for your ass. <laughs> But, you know, at the end, he's really got the better of Bruce Leroy, and he just keeps saying, who's the master, right? And he's dunking him. Well, even when he's fighting him, he's like, who's the master? And he kicks him off the platform. Oh, and yes, like, and Come he won't on, answer. Leroy. Who's the master? And Bruce Leroy won't answer. And everybody's like going, it's you, Bruce Leroy. Yeah. <laughs> it's you. There's and one place you haven't looked, Bruce Leroy. 
<laughs> yeah, so I, I, I thought it was great. Yeah, and then he gets to dunking his head in the water, holding him under and, and pulls him up. And then, you know, that third time he pulls him up and, you know, Timax just got this big smile on his face and he's just like... After all the flashbacks. After all, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. The flashbacks were actually really well done. They were, yeah, with the, you know, you haven't looked here and Vanity or, or Laura saying, you look like a master to me, like, you <laughs> know all the little flashbacks and clues of like he finally and the audience can you know exhale because he finally gets it and then yeah. that cool slow-mo of his hair being pulled out and the water flying everywhere and then the who's the master i am and the big smile and then he catches his fist i like that too he caught the punch fist and then he's just squeezing it and crushing shonuff's fist and he's like oh god oh god yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he kicks the fuck out of shonuff after that and uh it always terrified me when he did that last flying sidekick to Shonuff and sends him flying into that tub, that steel tub of water. Cause I always think like some stunt man had to jump backwards into that tub and could have brained the back of his head on the far edge of that tub. <laughs> yeah. I've seen shit like that happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So I remember dunking a basketball in a lowered rim one time and I damn near tore my middle fingernail off flipping over to the other side of it so i can imagine the back of your head hitting the far side of that tub and yeah like, peeling your cap back pretty good that tub looks like it's made of metal so it's just like <laughs> hey kick him into the tub it's like yeah kick him far enough so he doesn't break his lower back on the metal edge of this side but don't kick him too far or he'll cave his fucking head in on the opposite side of the tub when I watched it this time, I was specifically looking for padding or anything back. Nope. Just a round ass steel tub. <laughs> Welcome to 1985. <laughs> but then, of course, remember what I was saying about setups and payoffs at the beginning? Eddie Arcadian yes. comes out with a gun, points it at uh, Bruce Leroy and pulls the trigger and seemingly shoots him in the face. And you think he's oh, no. laying face down. And you're like, oh, no, he shot Bruce Leroy. And then he rolls him over and bruce leroy opens his eyes and mouth he's got the bullet in his teeth to the musical cue of you are the last dragon yeah. <laughs> it's awesome it's really good yeah. it's well done you know yeah. it's cheesy and stupid but it like you said set up payoff and you get it and it's awesome yeah and they they really delivered on all of those setups and all of the payoffs i, I you know it's it's a fun corny ass movie and then when he puts eddie arcadian on the chain and starts hoisting him up off the ground. Yep. Like, I think he's really doing it because Timac is pulling the shit out of that chain. And Eddie <laughs> Arcadian is ever so slowly coming off the ground and he's like going up by inches. Yeah. And Timac is just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. When I'm like, holy shit, they did not like rig anything other than they just fucking hooked his belt to a pulley and Timac really pulled him up off the ground. Yeah. They might've had a harness on him. That's it. Yeah. He pulled like 50 feet of chain through that, that <laughs> series of pulleys. And Eddie Arcadian is just like barely coming off the ground. And Eddie Arcadian's like a foot and a half tall. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, and that kind of wraps up the movie really. Cause after that, Eddie Arcadian goes to jail. Uh, Vanity or Laura, Laura Charles has to go back. Cause she's late for her video shoot or whatever. All the makeup people are trying to get her back to her thing. Yeah. What kind of fucking makeup artist dicks? Like they go to the basement <laughs> right? and they go to the basement where all this nefarious shit's going on. And is it the basement <laughs> of seven heaven? Is that where I, I guess is it? the basement of the studio that has that 
like why would the TV like studio have have a dungeon with a big round metal tub full of water? <laughs> <laughs> like, and then oh yeah, this is uh, this is where we shoot our other show, the German Dungeon Sex, like on the, <laughs> on the fucking weekends. I'm like, what the fucking? Why is that below the studio? <laughs> this is where we shoot nine inch nails video in our off time. Yeah. Yeah, the occupational health and safety has not gone through the door that leads to that particular fucking building. But they're all back at the party. They're all dressed. Everybody's dressed entirely in white. Like you said, it's so funny that they're in this basement. Laura Charles has been kidnapped for the third time. There's been at least one gunshot. And then this ass face makeup person goes, I don't know what I'm going to do with you. You look like a mess. Let's go. Come on. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but everybody goes upstairs and they're all wearing white semi-formal wear and, yeah it's like you know, a Missy like, Elliott white party yeah but where did they get all that shit like, I don't even know <laughs> like where did Richie like how did everybody at the club coordinate their outfits there must have been like a big white wardrobe truck out in the parking lot there must, well, even with, with Bruce Leroy shows up in his best Chinese white gi yeah, that wasn't on the wardrobe truck. They just no. Like, hey, just in case Bruce Leroy shows up, let's have this ready to go. Or Daddy Green dropped it off because, you know, Bruce had a, Daddy a fucking wedding one day he had to go to. Yeah. So anyway, it's, it's yeah, it, it ends kind of quickly. They're all on the dance floor, and now he's kissing Lord, Lord Charles. Charles. Ask, asking her to teach him some moves. Will you teach me some moves? Yeah. Ha, 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 you're a virgin. I was like, ha, ha. Yeah, that guy got no. And Richie's like, "Hey, that's my brother. Shut up." Yeah, so Richie finally kind of comes around and thinks his brother's cool for doing all this shit. And then they have that cheesy '80s slow song as they rise up on the raising platform like a fucking wedding cake figurines. <laughs> and skits. Like at this point, I'm like, "All right, this movie's. I know it's just the closing credits, but this movie is really losing me quick." Yeah, <laughs> it kept me through the entire movie until the last like 40 seconds. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm done. <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's a great movie. I enjoyed my rewatch today. and 100% I enjoyed it. Yep, absolutely. If you're going through the the categories here, I'm going to start mm. with soundtrack. Soundtrack for this was really good, man. I mean, if you just yeah. look at DeBarge, the Rhythm of the Night thing, I mean, I'm over it now because I'm an old guy and I was around when this came out and I heard it played to death. But I mean, again, number one on the Billboard for 16 weeks, you can't really mess with that. It here's Here's how back and forth it was for that song that song was nominated for a golden globe for best original song that year in 86 it lost Mm. it lost to say you say me the lionel richie song from white knights but it was also nominated for a razzie for worst original song and it lost that year also to rambo first blood part two by frank stallone (laughs) and i'm gonna be perfectly honest i don't know what song was in rambo first blood (laughs) or do i I assume there's a song called Rambo First Blood Part Two by Frank Stallone. Right, Frank Stallone. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and assume that. <laughs> but he's in any Rambo, event, Rambo, <laughs> he's my brother. <laughs> I just gotta go to Vietnam. Now I gotta go look that song up. God damn it! But yeah, that Seventh Heaven song by Vanity that's on here. There's a goddamn song called Upset Stomach by Stevie Wonder that's playing while um, Eddie Arcadian and rock have laura and richie tied up in seventh heaven upset stomach by stevie wonders playing awesome song yeah there's there's a couple of things that are really good like i always 
appreciate when they when they actually create a song for a film Mm -hmm. there's one that's really kind of on the nose where at the beginning like he's really upset uh, oh, sorry. Right after the master, he's upset because the master's like, I am no longer your master. Go. Yes. Yeah. You have to find the master and he's hidden somewhere. Right. And he's very ambiguous. And, yeah. you know, we know that it's inside him and he's out and they're playing this this song. And it's like lyrically telling the audience that it's inside him because the the lyrics are like inside you is where the strength begins <laughs> you have to end your fears and look inside you and like those are the lyrics you don't need like, that feather leroy like they're very on the nose and i'm like oh my god if leroy had to just listen to that song and it's like you're a dragon you know like they're like Who's the last dragon they want? You're a dragon. You have to let go of your fear. And it's just like, oh my God. Wow, that's pretty on the nose. That's very Van Damme kickboxer, but kind of better, I guess. Well, I I, I would have to give this four fists out of five for soundtrack. Um, And you have to skew it because even though there's bad songs in there, those songs were intentionally bad, right? Like, yes. Dirty boy, I got got a dirty boy. Like intentionally bad, so it's good, but still catchy because you're still singing them later. Yes, right. That's so a hundred percent. So I'm kind of in that kind of four range, four fists as well. Now acting, I had four out of five for acting. I might actually go slightly lower for that, but it's it it carries you well. Like there was never a point. Well, that's not true. There was maybe one or two points in the movie where I was kind of like, ah, oh, man. But Eddie Arcadian you, is good. You got to go do it on a sliding scale too, dude. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. You know, it's, it's for a martial arts movie, everybody who's in the movie does their job. Like I bought the chemistry between the, that awkwardness between, um, Timac and vanity between Leroy and Laura. I bought that. I really thought that all the other people did well too. Like all the students were good. Johnny in particular was awesome. Eddie Arcadian and, and Laura and, um, sorry, Angela was great. You know, rock did his job. Mike Starr, He was great. So yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go four out of five for acting, man. Yeah, four like fists. I, I would probably give it three fists out of five for acting, but then I would add one on because the tone of the movie forces them to make it work. So I'm gonna go four fists out of five for acting, just yeah. because you know, like Eddie Arcadian up there on the big screen. Hey, Leroy, we're gonna kill you! Like nobody. Yeah talks like that but because they're trying to make it like a comic book yeah i think that i think it works with the tone so i'm gonna go for this when show enough nobody's like show enough and show enough like is great (laughs) you know like he was so good catches bullets like he says (laughs) the thing that's so funny is like he's like catches bullets with his teeth catches bullets like he's responding to his own like somebody else said catches bullets with his teeth and he's leaning what did you say catches bullets with your teeth he's responding to his own statement his own incredulity i'm gonna give it a four fists out of five as well awesome martial arts i i tacked martial arts at somewhere between 3.5 fists to four fists just because it's like you said there's there's nothing that was like ah come on man that's terrible but there was also really not a lot that was like holy crap that was amazing so Mm. it's it's mid-range but then there's also timex great johnny's great ernie race jr does his gig does does the gimmick well with the little kid 
And Shonuf, although he's not a martial artist, and sometimes it shows, he his presence is enough to carry it off. So I I I was I was in for it, man. I was in. Yeah, I would give it three and a half fists out of five for martial arts. And again, like I've seen, I've seen worse movies with better martial arts. Yes. And this, for me, I think this is more of a film about martial arts than a martial arts film. Yes. Even though it's like a huge part of our protagonist's core identity. I think, I I think it's pulled off. I think it's executed. And there's a couple of kicks that shown up does. And you're like, yeah, he looks like a fucking donkey. (laughs) Oh, okay. But you know, you'll, you'll let it go because he's, you know, he looks legit, even though he might not move legit. Yeah. He sells it. And like we said earlier, this movie does pass the brother revenge test. There's really, you know, Leroy's brother. He doesn't have to avenge him in any capacity because he's there right till the end. And there's really not a lot of revenge. It's just they're trying to sort out who's the best. And it's really Eddie Arcadian who hires Shonuff to go after Leroy. So mm. other than trashing the pizza place, there's not a lot of revenge going on here. It's really just Shonuff trying to assert dominance. Yep. 100% agree. So wicked. That wraps up the last dragon. So again, if you like this podcast, please rate us, review us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, subscribe, do all that stuff. Tell your friends, get us out there. Tell your enemies too. Tell your enemies, tell everybody, tell people you don't like. Follow us on social media, go to our Facebook page. You have offended this podcast. Uh, we are, you have offended this podcast on Instagram and we are YHOTP on Twitter. So check us out on all those things. We'll tell you what's coming up next. We'll give you updates on when we're recording and editing and all that stuff. And when the new episodes are out next week on the podcast, we are going from Bruce Lee last week to Bruce Leroy this week to Brandon Lee next week. We're jumping up to 1996 to do the Brandon Lee martial arts film rapid fire. Jake Lowe. Boom on. You have offended this podcast. (sighs) Oh. <sighs>